I'm excited to be standing in front of you this morning and um, to share the word of God. As you have heard, my name is Emmanuel. And um, I want to also thank the leadership, Pastor Tom and um, every elder here and um, for allowing me to stand here and uh, share the word of God. Thank you for that opportunity. So this morning we are going to be going into the book of um, John, chapter 15. If you are able, please stand um, as we read the word of God. The book of John, chapter 15, we're going to read from verse 1. If you are there, I'm going to read with you from verse 1 up to verse 8. The Bible reads as follows. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. So you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear fruit, much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that this morning we can come before you to um, learn your word. And we thank you that there's such encouragement um, in knowing that we are to bear fruit. And in this we glorify you. We pray that your spirit will move hearts this morning and that um, we will live here with a word that heals not just physically, but also spiritually. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and take your seat. I love this passage very much because um, it relates to what I've done in my life. Um, Some of you might know, or some of you do not know, I've been a farmer for about 12 years. So I've grown a lot of stuff. Uh, from vegetable to fruit. And I got a plant here that I brought for us this morning to learn from. I was looking forward to a vine, but I couldn't get one. I don't know if you know what is this. If it's written, you might have guessed already. This, this is a, a fig tree. It's common in Israel, too. And um, it, it gives a beautiful gem from it. I love fig gem. So Jesus is talking to us this morning about fruitfulness. And he is saying in his word that he is the vine. So Jesus is the vine. He is the vine, as you can see. This, this, this is a branch. So he is the main vine. And out of him are branches. So you and I are called as branches. And we are called to what? To bear fruitfulness. And he is speaking. He is saying that if you remain in me, if you abide in me and live in me, you are going to bear fruit. So um, one of the things that um, 
I want you to be aware of some of your translation says the word abide. Some say stay. Others say remain in me. My NIV version says remain. And that word remain, that word remain or that word abiding is a Greek word that says meno, which just means to stay, to remain, to, 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 to have one's dwelling in, at somebody's house, to remain, to stay constant, to be a guest, to be connected, to be in union with Christ Jesus. So branches are called to remain. And um, also Jesus is talking about pruning. He's talking about pruning, and pruning simply means to purify, to purify of filthiness, unfruitfulness. That's what Jesus is talking about. So I'm going to um, illustrate some stuff as we go on, and um, I want you to uh, stay focused with me. I'm going to go real slow, and um, we are going to see. Amen. So uh, the idea is uh, fruitfulness comes from pruning and abiding. That is where fruitfulness comes from. It comes from pruning and abiding. Now, this plant looks healthy to everybody, but it doesn't look healthy to me because there's some stuff that are here that don't belong here. And this is what Jesus is saying. As you bear fruit, there's going to be some pruning. Now, one of the things that you need to know about pruning is pruning is seasonal. Pruning is seasonal. It does not happen always. It does not happen every time. Pruning is seasonal. God is going to bring you or he's going to bring seasons in your life that are called seasons of pruning. He's going to cut off some stuff that are unfruitful. One of the examples, this, this is pruning. So I'll cut off this branch. Why am I cutting it off? Because it is a sucker. It is sucking life out of other branches. So the vine concentrates on giving life, but some of the branches are sucking life out of it. And part of our life sometimes collects stuff, things that weigh us down, things that make us unfruitful. So God is going to bring you into a season where he begins to cut you. Cut some of these things away. It can be sin, addictions. It can be people. It can be your job. Sometimes you just lose a job and you are wondering, what is going on? What has happened? You are going through a pruning season. And God is removing things that hinders you from growing. Amen. So um, pruning is seasonal. It does not happen always, but whenever it happens, it is for a reason. And God does not just prune anything. He only prunes the things that people that are bearing fruit. So when you are bearing fruit, God will begin to prune you. And in this um, sense of the farmer, I will prune my plant because I want it to bear fruit. So if I realize that this plant is not bearing fruit, I'm going to begin to cut off. And I'm going to cut off suckers, the things that it's, it's what we call like a cancer, I would say. We cut it off because it's hindering somebody's prosperity, somebody's growth. So I'll begin to cut it off. And as a farmer, that is what I do. I cut off some of the branches that are hindering the plant from prospering and bearing much fruit. Amen. All right. Um, the other thing that you need to know about pruning is that pruning is painful. Many of us don't want to go through stuff in life. You're like, mm-mm, that is not me. I don't want to go through that, but pruning 
is painful. When I cut off that branch from the tree, it's going to bleed. There's going to be sap that can, that's going to come out. But the good thing is, as soon as that happens, after some time, the plant is going to heal itself again. And there's just going to be a scar. Why? Because there has been a mark that God has removed something from you. And that he wants you to, to be fruitful. All right. And uh, one of the things that Jesus is also talking about is that he says there can be no dead branches on the vine. So he's going to cut off anything. And, and one of the things that I realize um, uh, throughout this um, time of COVID, a lot of people just fall away. They just didn't want to participate. They just didn't want anything to do with God. And it came not as a shock to, 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 to me. I was like, you know what? God was removing dead branches within the body. It was like there was no growth. These people, I, he was just removing them. I know it's painful, but that is what it is. God is going to remove dead branches that are not fruitful from the body. Sometimes it can be natural. Sometimes it can be spiritual. And you are wondering, why is this person not showing up anymore? They've just been cut off. Amen. All right. So um, also you need to know that the pruning Caesar is the word of God. The Bible says what? The word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts. So the word of God is a pruning Caesar. It cuts us. As it's being shared, it convicts us. All right. So um, we've said the big idea is that abiding and pruning leads to fruit. When God is pruning you, when God is cutting you, it leads us to fruit. All right. So that's it. I can go down and sit. I've shared my message. <laughs> abiding comes from pruning and um, um, fruitfulness comes from abiding and pruning. That's what Jesus said. And that's all we need to know. But no, that is not it. If you, I leave you there, you're going to ask me, is that, okay, so how do I do the abiding? How do I remain in Christ? That's the biggest question, right? And Jesus takes us right into it. He talks about how to abide, how to remain in him, to have fruit, how to connect with him. And one of the things that you need to know is that you must commit yourself or you must surrender to the pruning Caesars of God. Whenever God is pruning you, there mustn't be re rebellion. Like, I don't know why I'm going through this. You know what? I don't want any fellowship. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to do this. So you are just going to go away. No. God is going to prune you. God is going to cut off the things that are hindering you from growing. And when he does, he wants you to surrender to that knife. He wants you to be humble. He wants you to be committed and say, you know what? Even though I'm going through what I'm going through, I'm going to trust what God is doing. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, how do we remain in Christ? How do you cultivate that connection? Because Jesus talks about this word so many times in, 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 in this passage. He keeps on telling the disciples, hey, unless you abide, unless you remain in me, you can have no fruit. If you remain in me, you will have fruit. So how do we do it? You know, I've been studying this word, and, and, and I, I love I love the idea of um, connecting with Christ. It's one of the biggest things I've, I've woken up to, to this year. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have to look like this for God. I don't have to look like this or like that. I have to look inside here. Because his dwelling is no longer in a building or in some places. I don't have to go to a mountain to connect with him. 
is inside here. So Jesus is talking about that. So one of the, the first points that you need to know or that you need to do on you to remain in, 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 in Christ and abiding in him, you need to have a full concentration on Jesus. Through a full concentration on Jesus Christ. Jesus is not drawing people to the idea of, um, of, of, of something. He's drawing them to himself. He's telling them, you want to be fruitful? Remain in me. You want to be fruitful? I am divine. Fruitfulness comes from me. And many of us um, have found ourselves attached to things that um, don't bring fruitfulness. Because when Jesus says every time in the book of John mostly, when he says, I am for example, he says, I am the good shepherd. And then he says what? Everybody that comes before me are fake shepherds. They are thieves. And then when he says, I am the true vine, he definitely means that there is something else that is false that is not him. There is also false vine. The world is a false vine. And Jesus is drawing us. He says, you know what? You want to bear fruit? You need to have your concentration on. You need to put your focus and your eyes on me. Amen. So, um, as you read in the book of Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible speaks about what? Us putting our eyes, beholding Jesus. We have sung that song here, beholding. You know, the word beholding is, is like looking into a mirror, looking into a glass. As you behold Jesus Christ, the Bible says what? You begin to be changed into his image. And one of the things I was told when I was um, uh, at the seminar um, one old uh, pastor from South Africa preached, and uh, he was talking about marriage. And this is what he said about this scripture. He said, um, couples that have lived together for a long time tends to start looking alike. <laughs> Has anybody told you something like that? That you look like your husband. You, you two look alike. Do you know what, how that happens? It happens by looking into each other. You, you come from a different family. This one was born there, and as you live together, everybody starts telling, the two of you look alike, actually. You know, it comes from what? From abiding, from remaining together. You start developing ideas, a concentration on Christ. And that is what God is encouraging us this morning. We need to have a concentration on Christ. Many people um, look at Jesus like he, he is some, some kind of... Um, Idea. Jesus is not just an idea. Jesus is the one that gives life. And, and I've shared this so many times. I've told people, you know, the, the problem we are having today in society, uh, hunger, disease, and all this stuff, it is not the solution. It is not a doctor. The solution It is not um, a physician or a, a pastor. No, the solution is Jesus. Because if, if the problem we had was hunger, God could have sent us some, some farmers to teach us how to grow food. If the problem was um, uh, the disease and the sickness, he could have sent us a doctor. But the problem was sin, so he sent us Jesus. He said, you know what? You break this, you break all of it. Amen. So you need to have a full focus, a full concentration on Jesus. And as you read the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22, the Bible says what? Now the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, self-control, and all these other stuff. Now, you want to bear this fruit? You want to be a loving, a kind person? You want to be a peaceful person, self-control? Start putting your focus on Jesus. Because why? The Bible says fruit comes from him. Jesus is love. You know, love is a person. Peace is a person. And that person is Jesus. So when you have Jesus in you, the fruit begins to flow from you 
easily and naturally. Amen. Okay, the second um, thing is um, through the living word of God. Through the living word of God. Fruitfulness comes through the living word of God. Do you study the Bible? Do you study your Bible? Do you read it? Do you meditate upon it? You know, one of the things I love about um, different cultures is that they do things different. And the Jewish culture is, is, a, is a funny, funny culture. In a sense that as God was talking about um, the word, his, his commandment, he gave them specific instruction on how to remember this word. For the boys, he told them, you know what? You need to fasten a little rope with colors and put it on, on, the, on the edge of the, their robes. So that as they go, he, he told them so many, you need to make a little box, put the Ten Commandments and wear it. I lived in Chicago for some time, and I saw on Saturday um, how they do it. You see them walking around, they still have these little boxes that they put the Ten Commandments and they have it there. To them, it was a symbol. God wanted them to remember the word. And he couldn't do it any other way but, than putting examples for them. So today we have the living word of God in us, Jesus Christ that lives within us. So to abide again, it is through the living word of God, through the Bible, when you study and meditate upon it. And, and one of the things that I found really interesting is that when you study the word of God, you can go through the Bible, Genesis, you can do it in so many ways, but one of the ways that I found interesting is studying topics. Have you studied about marriage? You are a husband, you are a wife, you are a mother, you are a father. Have you studied about fatherhood? Have you studied about um, uh, principles that applies to your life? Do you love the word of God? Do you seek it daily? Do you search scripture? Do you go to it when you need solutions, when you need problems? Many of us look at the word and uh, the, the, the Bible and we look at it, we are like, you know what? Nah, I, I don't have time. And that is the other thing. We, we don't have time. We live in a fast Society, everything must rush, rush. We struggled when we came to the U.S. You're like, what? The day does not start. You don't know when it starts and when it ends. There's, it's throughout. People are working, shift, and you're like, wow, this is it's so fast. But that is the culture we live in, and Jesus wants us to um, uh, adjust. He wants us to adapt, and, and doing that, we need to set times where we go into the Word of God and search um, the Bible. So... Um, how often do you do this? And how does your Bible look like? How many of them have you had? I love reading the Word of God. And so I've had many Bibles throughout the time. I've, I've been privileged to read them in different versions, in different languages too, that I speak. So do you study the Word of God? Does, does your Bible look like that? Or does it not? Have you had, uh, some of us have got cell phones, and, and I love the idea of technology. I love it, but sometimes it's destructive. I can be on my phone studying the Word of God and a message pops up. I can be easily disrupted. But I found it um, very connecting when I take my book and I page through. There is a connection that comes from me that's just natural. So do you study your Bible? How does your Bible look like? Do you have a Bible that looks like that? That you say, you know what? I've gone through this way. There's no more place anymore for me to take. No, I've dig deep. I'm putting it away. So I need to get a new Bible. And that is the culture we need to develop. We need to dig deep in the Word of God. Amen. All right. Um, I'm going to go to the next point quickly. You know, how do you abide in Christ? Through prayer, praise, and worship. 
Do you pray? Jesus said in verse 7, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. That is what he says concerning prayer. If you remain in me, if you connect with me, if you stay with me, if you abide with me, ask whatever you want and it will be done. Ask him according to his word. That is what he taught us. Do you pray? How long do you pray? And, and you know, um, I love the idea of um, the old people in the Bible, you know, when they enter the presence of God and when they come to, to pray, they forget everything else. You know, it might not be a level that you, 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 you are at now. Whatever it is, you can cultivate it. You can cultivate prayer, you know. You can cultivate prayer. You can cultivate a life of prayer whenever you can. Wake up in the morning, go on your knees before you go to bed during the day. The Bible talks about praying without ceasing. It is not that you pray, pray 24 hours. No, it is an attitude of prayer. People sing worship in their cars. They praise you know, back in Africa where I come from, we used to have um, prayer, prayer drive. We'll just enter in the car with some leaders and we'll go through our neighborhoods. We'll start praying for neighborhoods. You know, prayer is an attitude that we need to develop. You know, our culture doesn't talk about it so often, but it is an attitude that we need to develop. When you travel throughout the world, if you go to, um, for example, Asia, it's a discipline. Prayer in Asia is a discipline. People do it. In, in, in different ways. The Jewish used to do it like five times, if I'm not mistaken. But if you come in, in, into other cultures, you find prayer is, is something that has been forgotten, something that um, we do it or some, somebody does it and the rest of the people say amen. But the Bible wants us to pray. God wants us to pray because as you connect with Jesus, fruitfulness comes. And the fourth um, way how to do it is through complete surrender to the Holy Spirit through complete surrender to the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our helper. He helps us in our weakness. Now, when you surrender to the Holy Spirit, you begin to bear fruit. The Holy Spirit begins to fill you and guide you. You know, and he is the one that moves nutrients from one branch to another, from the vine through to the branch. And this is it. The Holy Spirit is the glue that holds us together as believers. He connects us with Christ, and we download the mind and the knowledge of Christ. Amen. And then um, the fifth one on how to abide is through seeking the kingdom of God first. Through seeking the kingdom of God first. Do you seek the kingdom of God? Do you desire to see the kingdom of God? How do you do it? At your workplace, when people look, are you kingdom-minded? Are you a kingdom-minded person? Is God first in your finances, in your family, in your business, in, in your marriage, in, 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 in every area? Do you have this mindset that I desire the kingdom of God? I desire to see the kingdom of God in people's lives. I desire to see the kingdom of God in our community. And one of the ways that I've, I've always told um, myself, you know, I've always said that um, the problem we have today with community and society, that people not being able to, to come to church is because they see our priority. They look at us, they say, you're no different than me. You do the same thing. I see you doing the same thing like me. So Jesus wants us to be a different kind of people. As he says, he says, that you may bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. 
That is what he said, that you may be much food to show yourself to be my disciples. And, and you see that. You see that. As people were looking at, at, at Peter the day he denied Jesus, they said to him, well, wait a minute. You look like him. You talk like him. You walk like him. You even dress like him. And Peter said, no, I don't know that man. But they could identify with him. They said, by the way you do things, we know you used to be with Jesus. Even though he denied and this is the attitude. This is how people need to see us. This is how people need to see us every single day. And then we can begin to see change in our... It needs to be like a fire. It bends you, and as it bends you, it bends your, your community, your neighbor. You know, it bends your neighbor. So seek the kingdom of God first. And everything else will follow. That is why Jesus was encouraging the disciples to seek the kingdom of God first. And then the last point is through being in a godly community. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 12, that we need to encourage one another. Abiding, also remaining in Christ comes when you are in a godly community, when you are in fellowship with other believers. Branches live together, as you can see from this plant. They live together. There's no branch that is, is going off the vine. They all live together, and that is why you are able to get shade from a tree. If the branches decide, you know what? Mm-mm, I don't want to stay here. I'm going to go make my little corner there and, and start my own thing. No, then it wouldn't be a tree. You know, we need to abide in, a, in, in, in godly community. And, and as we um, meditate upon this way this morning, and I want you really to reflect upon your heart. And I want to ask, I want you to ask yourself, am I being fruitful? What is it that God is speaking to you this morning that he wants you to cut off? What is it that God wants you to cut off? What is the conviction that God is telling you, this friend is dragging you down, or this place where you are at does not glorify me? You know, God is always talking, and sometimes we ignore. So as we bow our heads this morning, I want to take us into a moment of just meditation. I want you to just bow your head, close your eyes, and, and, and then begin to meditate and begin to ask God, what is it that you want me to cut off? What is it that is hindering unfruitfulness? How do you want me to be fruitful? Let's just take a moment and, and um, digest and reflect on the message. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word that is living. And as we pray and come together as a body, we pray that you will begin to um, cut off the things that hinder growth, the things that hinder fruitfulness in us. That you will show us these things, that we may be able to bear fruit, as the Bible says, by us bearing fruit, we are your disciples and that the world will see we are your disciples. I pray that you would um, speak into our hearts and that you would show us these things as we ask you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.